Welcome to the Kara's Curious Digital Show and Podcast. I'm Kara Sundlin. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. So could technology help you lose weight and have more energy? Today, we're talking about how to biohack. One way is to use a glucose monitor. They can instantly tell you how certain foods affect your body. I'm joined by Debbie Wright, who is a certified health coach and a fan of wearing a glucose monitor. She's wearing one right now, along with Sherry Bantelon, who is a registered dietitian and nutrition manager at Nutri. Sense, the maker of the glucose monitor that Debbie has been wearing and that I have also been trying out. I just scanned just a moment ago. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Sherry, yes. I want to I start with you because um, I've been wearing mine just to, you know, get a feeling for what this does as we do this story. Uh, but Sherry, for those who don't know, what is a glucose monitor and why does wearing it help us optimize health and weight? I want to hear from Sherry first. Great question. So um, a CGM, a glucose monitor, it stands for a continuous glucose monitor. That's what CGM stands for. And it's basically a small, painless, wearable device, as you mentioned, that you wear on the back of your arm. And this device allows you to view your unique glucose responses in real time, 24-7. So it's really, really, um, really neat technology that we have. And what's so neat about this, about this is that it allows you to track how diet, exercise, lifestyle, and sleep, it uh, all impacts your glucose levels. And you may be wondering, well, why do I even have to worry about my glucose levels? Well, glucose is, it's like a vital sign. So it provides insight into your overall health. And, and by monitoring your glucose in real time, you receive this personalized feedback on how your body is operating and what you need to do to improve your overall health. And even if you're not at risk for diabetes or, you know, for instance, right now, I think if anything, I skew on the little low side, but I'm noticing going up and down a little bit. And when you do that, you might eat the wrong foods or you get really hungry or you're wondering how bad is it if I eat a donut? This kind of gives you instant feedback? Absolutely. It's really neat to, one, I think it's a great accountability tool. I think we all know that you know, eating fruits and vegetables or, you know, exercising, we hear these recommendations all of the time, but we don't really see the impact of what our diet and exercise is doing until years down the road. But with the CGM, you get that feedback right now. So you see what your, what you, what your diet looks like and what, how that impacts your glucose in real time. You can see how a donut impacts your glucose right after you eat it, how a walk impacts your glucose right after you go, you go on one. Yeah, and Debbie, I want to bring you in. As a health coach, I know you really try to help people stick to their goals, whether it be improving the numbers of the doctor's office or losing weight. Um, how do yeah. you think this helps? Well, I just think it's super exciting to be living during a time where these types of devices and this technology is something we can really incorporate into our everyday world at home. You know, to be able to have access to this personalized data, and then with NutriSense to be able to have the invaluable expertise of a dietitian like Sherry work alongside you for those two weeks. It's amazing that we can do this at home. 
Yeah, and I mean, you, I know, keep, yeah. uh, in the last couple of years, we did a story, uh, you can find this under uh, previous Carers Cures, about intermittent fasting. You noticed you got to a certain mm-hmm. age, you were putting on some weight, you didn't like what was happening. You started doing intermittent fasting, you started really dialing in your diet. And now, as you wear this, um, yes. does it keep you honest? You notice, like, uh-oh, I just went into, you know, eating that is not going to work for me. I'm probably going to put on pounds, or this is making me not have any energy. Yeah, I think it was certainly eye-opening for me. It was something I never, you know, paid much attention to, right? Who does until you have the data? And, you know, for me, I had two spikes, major spikes from a gluten-free veggie pizza, which is not super surprising, and with a piece of sourdough bread that was loaded with microgreens and avocado and all this good stuff. And I thought, well, that's still, you know, giving me a good carb, When in fact, the spike was pretty, you know, extreme. So then to be able to go back to my dietitian, Catherine, who I had for the two weeks saying, you know, well, the way you can even mitigate that a little more is to have chicken on the veggie pizza. And oh, by the way, the gluten-free crust may give you the same spike as a regular crust. And so of a pizza and maybe don't have three slices, maybe add the protein and have one slice. So you know, all these little tricks really do add up over the course of time. And just having that awareness and being able to see the data, I think is so powerful in creating lasting change and knowing like so many of us try all these things and don't see result. And now, you know, we have a measurable way to see what foods agree, what foods don't, and we can take action with a little more clarity. Yeah. And we have some of the Good, the, the foods that can really spike us coming up, I, I uh, thank you, Sherry, for sending those. But let me ask you, Sherry, just uh, how we can use this. Oh, actually, they put them up right now. So let me see. Here's some high-offending foods. Pizza, sushi. You would think sushi's <laughs> healthy. Oat milk. A lot of us are opting for oat milk, but this is a, a food that can really spike us. Grapes. I just noticed that on mine. I had some grapes the other day. Whoosh. Pineapple, tortilla <laughs> chips, dried fruit, which, again, we think of as being healthy, but it might really spike your glucose. A lot of gluten-free products. I think that maybe because they add more sugar. Soda, of course, that we know that. Um, but even rice, when we're trying to be, you know, gluten-free. So, Sherry, I want to bring you in. And first, for those who don't know, like, why would a glucose spike even matter? Why do we even care? And what does that do to our efforts to lose weight? Great question. So, maintaining normal blood glucose levels is actually really essential for reducing your risk for long-term health issues, uh, managing health your healthy weight and just feeling good overall. There are a wide variety of health issues uh, related to glucose level imbalances. Some healthy issues people don't even realize that are related to glucose. Something as simple as uh, sleep. Sleep and glucose have a bi-directional relationship. People who have inconsistent energy throughout the day could be an issue with a lot of glucose fluctuation. So these are things that people deal with on a daily basis that don't realize that it could actually be uh, from imbalanced glucose. And so understanding those trends can really, and just like as Debbie mentioned, having these little tweaks that you do, it doesn't have to be this huge overhaul of your diet. You know, these little tweaks that you can do to help mitigate those spikes or, you know, things that you can add to your meals can really help Uh, smooth out those glucose curves and and help energy, for example. So I don't know if all monitors come this way, but at least as we're auditioning and trying out the the one from NutriSense, which is the one that Debbie talked about, um, we come with, it gets a, someone who really knows what they're doing, like yourself, a registered dietitian. And I thought I was eating, you know, pretty healthy like Debbie. And I noticed, um, 
the strangest thing, like even like what I thought was a keto stuffed pepper kind of spiked me. Or I went out to dinner for Valentine's Day. I thought I was being kind of good, but I just had like one glass of wine and I saw how much it spiked me. So uh, these are certain things that you're going to realize. I, I guess that uh, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy these things, but then you give us tips on how to enjoy them in a way they're not going to throw you up and down so much. Exactly. And I think that's one of the most unique things about this is that we're, when you test these things out, it's not we're not saying you can't have them forever. It's saying that you can enjoy the, your normal meal, your, you know, your daily um, the daily things that you like, but we're just going to tweak it a little bit so that you can do it for a long, long, for long term. And it can um, also support your health goals. So let's talk about that. If you really want dessert, one of the hacks is you should have some protein first, how, right? And, and how does that make a difference? And how long do you have to, if people are listening, like when do you eat the chicken and how long do you have to wait before you can have the chocolate? Absolutely. And I think this is always a hard because people are like, I'm not going to eat chicken before I eat like a chocolate cake sometimes. But the whole idea is having protein, protein and fiber are two, it's called meal sequencing. So when we meal sequence and we eat something like protein and fiber before we eat something that's really heavy carb, that really helps our body to slow down that digestion, that the, the, the digestion of glucose so that this, that spike isn't so aggressive. And then typically when we have a really aggressive spike, we also see a really um, very low glucose dip as well. And that's when you can see, feel those inconsistent energy levels. And so doing something like meal, meal sequencing is just a simple hack that you can do, but typically people eat it maybe like 15 minutes before you can eat it, right? I, it varies. So sometimes people just eat it right before they eat their dessert or maybe they'll eat it 15 minutes before. Um, one of the main things is just another good hack is to time those high carb meals when you are most insulin sensitive. So that would be during daylight hours or um, after a workout, after a walk. If you know you want to eat a chocolate cake, maybe just enjoy a nice stroll after that to help dispose of those glucose levels. That was one thing that my dietitian um, recommended. She's like, even if you just take like a 10-minute walk, it don't have to be I'm going to the gym and I'm lifting tons of weight just because I had cake. We always think of burning off calories, but we could actually help lose weight or even ward off weight gain by just doing simple things like the after-dinner walk. Exactly. And I think people underestimate the value of daily organic movement. A lot of times uh, it's an all or nothing mentality where if I'm not going to go to the gym for an hour, um, it's not worth it. And that's not the case. A 10 minute walk does wonders. It actually really does make a difference. So um, having that daily organic movement, even, you know, the old tip of going up, taking the stairs or walking, parking further from the grocery store, like those all add up. And I always say micro changes lead to macro results. So when you keep that in mind, all these things build up um, to help your, your, your health. Yeah. And Debbie, I know you've been working with people, uh, including trying to help me a little bit with the intermittent fasting. I, I'm not quite there yet because I think I'm still someone who feels like I have to eat every few hours. And maybe I'm just a little hypoglycemic. But as you do this for you, Debbie, what have you noticed the most? Um, as I monitor the glucose, what I've noticed the most is just the trends of um, with the foods and optimization, and just like Sherry is mentioning. So I think for me, some of the validation of waiting longer to eat and then my go-to meals have been primarily protein and vegetables to break my fast, 
which in my mind makes a lot of sense, right? Giving your body those nutrients once you break it. And then to see like, those are some of the best meals that score the best in my glucose monitor. Like I get tens across the board. So I, you know, it's nice that I do see validation with some of those practices, um, which has been great. So I feel like those have really been optimized in my body and that I'm making the right decision. When I veered off and learning little tips like the walk after dinner, 10 minutes, huge impact. And for me, it's not so much a chocolate cake, but it's a glass of wine. So now to have that handful of nuts before I you know, take that sip of wine, because sometimes drinking wine while you're preparing dinner and now I, I notice that it's a less of a spike if I just have that handful of nuts and then take a sip of wine and then have my protein in my in my veggies. So I love all these little really doable um, tidbits of uh, these hacks. I love the word biohacking that just help to, you know, bring on, you know, healthier response in our body. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and, and one of the things that women are most concerned about, especially in the middle ages, losing that belly fat. And Sherry, just explain yeah. like, why if our spiking if our glucose is going up all the time it's not just about calories right so if our insulin is pumping not the right way it can cause us to be more in a fat gaining fat storage mode yeah yeah that's a good question so cgms um we monitor glucose and glucose is correlated with insulin levels so if your glucose is always spiking that means that your body is also pumping out insulin which is it's called an anabolic hormone, which makes, basically means that it's a storage hormone. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. We want insulin. It, it plays an important role in our body, but we just don't want too much of it. So if you're constantly spiking and that means your insulin levels are constantly high, that means your body's always in this storage mode. Uh, so we want to make sure that your body does have some time to rest and it's not always in that fed state. Uh, so yeah, it does, it does help with weight loss. It's not, it's not the only factor of course, but it's definitely one that, that it should be foundational for, for weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting. So just so people know, when you do something like this, at least with the NutriSense one, it goes in painlessly, you put it in yourself. It's like a little contraption mm-hmm. that in your arm. And then you immediately get this feedback from dietitians. Um, one of the things that I've been told that we're going to, uh, I've only been doing this for a few days, but as we've had some of the instability and some spikes, um, uh, they said, how about having a little apple cider vinegar before the meals? And I, you know, we've heard about that. You know, people think, oh, that's a, is that a trend or is that really? So I guess it really is something that can help. So why would taking a little bit of apple cider vinegar before your meals help with those swings? That's a, yeah. So that's a, apple cider vinegar is a great hack. It works for some better than others. It's one of those things that we always recommend t- testing out. Um, and it usually we recommend there's always like a fine line because we don't want you to be drinking, you know, glasses of apple cider vinegar, but maybe <laughs> having it so with some water does help with the digestion and helps lower those glucose values. We've seen it anecdotally and we've seen it in some studies as well. There are people who take like apple cider vinegar pills, um, but we do find that the apple cider, the actual apple, apple cider vinegar works best versus the supplements. Um, and, and as I mentioned, it kind of depends on each person, but it's definitely a fun hack to try. And it's really easy to do. For example, apple cider vinegar is in a lot of um, salads, salad dressings. So it's something that you could easily make and easily try right before, um, before a high carb meal. 
Yeah, okay. So that's, I mean, hey, every little bit helps. I, I've got the brags. Uh, you want the good stuff, the good, you know, natural apple cider vinegar. I, I, so I haven't experimented yet to see if it's going to help. Um, and, and what about intermittent fasting is getting so much attention right now of a, of a way to really not only stabilize your blood sugars, but lose weight. Can everyone do it? I found, at least for me, and I'm just starting this out, that um, I get super hungry right around the time I crash till around 100, which should be an okay level, but at least in my body, I feel like I have to eat. <laughs> yes, yeah, so intermittent fasting is, uh, is a little tricky as well. There's so many nuances with that, and I think ma- majority of people do will benefit from intermittent fasting, um, but finding that schedule and finding the fasting routine that works best for you is very different from person to person, as you mentioned. And if someone is not used to it, starting off slow uh, can be something that's really helpful. And then you can, and if you find that you feel great, then you can build up to a longer fast. But in general, most people tolerate a 14 hour daily fast really well. And again, that's just all about breaking up uh, the time where your body is in a fed state and a fasted state. We don't always want to be in this fed state. And um, it's it's very different from a lot of the trends that we hear, right? Like small frequent meals may work for somebody, but for other people, larger meals and having that fasting period uh, helps them with clarity, helps them with a lot of the symptoms that they're experiencing. So it really just depends. And I always recommend people to test out different regimens and ways to break their fast so that they can find one that works for them, not just acutely, but long-term. You want something that's sustainable. And I want to just, I think we have another slide with some food habits that I want to just share with our audience, because I think the good thing about this is there is so much noise out there and you never know what plan is right for me, or this isn't working, or who knows, or so-and-so did this, but it didn't work for me. Um, It kind of depends. You get that instant feedback that Debbie's body is different than mine, but here's some in general habits. You don't want to eat naked. um, You want to, eating naked carbs is not a good idea. Um, So You want to put protein or healthy fats, as you said, grazing consistently throughout the day. So I guess we're not supposed to just be eating all the time. That's not good. Eating later in the evening or close to bedtime. I have noticed when I've done that, not a good thing for my spikes. Uh, Not including enough natural fiber and protein. Undermining stress and sleep. They're so important. Um, All or nothing mindset, especially with exercise. Just a 20-minute walk can be so helpful. So I think what's really interesting, and Demi, tell me if you agree, you know, you think like, oh, that probably doesn't matter, who knows, or you might want to give up on some of these habits. But when you get the information instantly that it shows, oh, that just worked, you're probably more likely to do it. Yes. And and that's where I go back to just the, the true value of being able to work with the Sherry's at NutriSense. It makes so much difference in really interpreting the data. Because what I learned too, is that some foods like coffee spike immediately. And I also noticed when I do an infrared sauna session spikes big time, but then there were other things I was eating that seemed like they made a lot of sense, but they didn't actually hit until a few hours later. So I think when you begin to monitor too, and, and you're not sure what to make of the data, to have a professional in that arena who can say, oh, no, well, you know, that didn't show up until three days later or keep doing what you're doing. You know, you got a good night's sleep last night. It may not show up the night before, but keep the night after, but keep doing it because it may take a little bit for things to really register with the data you see. So to understand all of that is really important because you don't want to like I know I scan it and check right away. Like for that meal, I just say, how did I do? 
but you may not see the result of that for a little bit. Yeah. You know, depending on the food you eat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And especially if you're trying out a new food, like a new bar or a new yeah. something, and you wonder how is this really. So Sherry, I guess yeah. in closing here, the true value of this technology, a glucose meter, and I know there's probably some other biohacking we can do. It's just, is it mostly that we can have accountability or how can we even translate this to, to our optimal health at the doctor's office? Yeah, so I think accountability is huge for people. It's really hard, as I mentioned, for people to grasp the concept that these healthy habits are having an impact on us now, but you can see that with the real-time data. The other really helpful thing, I think, is just realizing, as you mentioned, there's a lot of noise out there. The CGM cuts through that noise. It helps you dial in on what works best for you because you are your own experiment. You are your N of one. So your, your body is telling you what works best for you. And we have the dietitians here to help you interpret that data and find what your health potential is. So I think it's twofold. It's the accountability, but it's also the personalization. There's no more guessing. You can experiment for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, if you're not really knowledgeable, or even if you are really knowledgeable, having that registered dietitian um, text you every day, or you can choose to have less. I chose to have frequent communication, but okay, what did, you know, I just had a Chobani yogurt. Is that good or not good for me? And we get instant data. So we, we know, and then, you know, like, no, buy it again or don't. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so uh, it's very interesting. And again, uh, you don't have to go to your doctor to get this, right? You can, Debbie, I know um, I'm going to give your information a little bit later about how people can get in touch on your website if you want a little coach to help you along with this. But this is something anybody can order and you're going to get that expert dietitian passed to you. You don't have to get a prescription, right? Correct. So we take care of the prescription part for you. You can just sign up online at www.nutrisense.io. Pick the plan that works for you, and no matter what plan you choose, you do get that one-month complimentary um, registered dietitian service for free. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Sherry. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, I know my dietitian, Annalise, has been texting me, so I'm the next track, I'm going to try some coffee with coconut oil in it that might help me in the morning she says with my <laughs> so uh you know it's really an interesting way to learn and to to really figure out for once and for all what your body likes and doesn't like and debbie i know you have um the ability to coach people and shout out your website so if you want a helping hand you really help people with their habits and getting everything they need to get their best health Yes. Thank you, Kara. And you can find me at DebbieAllenWright.com. But here to support you on your on our health journeys. Perfect. All right, ladies, thank you so much for being here. And you can listen to this uh, as a podcast as well uh, on the Kara's Cures podcast, wherever you get yours. And I'll also post them on social media at Kara's Cures. Have a great day and be well. Bye, guys.